It is Friday, May 26th, 2023, and welcome to episode 225 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Jamil Jaffer, NSI's founder and executive director, and I'm joined by Les Munson, a senior fellow with NSI and the former staff director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and Jessica Jones, NSI's deputy executive director by day and crime fighter by night. So earlier this week, Microsoft and the U.S. government in coordination with a number of other allied intelligence services, announced that they had detected a Chinese hack directed at critical infrastructure systems, including telecommunications gear located in Guam and elsewhere in the United States. The code developed by a large-scale Chinese hacking group named Volt Typhoon appears to be part of a long-term hacking effort aimed at critical infrastructure in the telecoms, electric, gas, and maritime sectors. Uh, This hack, which exploits vulnerabilities in Microsoft Windows, as well as home office and small office routers to hide its footprints, appears focused on gaining and sustaining access to these critical infrastructure systems. What's particularly important here is the targeting of the systems in Guam, uh, which is an important uh, facility for the United States when it comes to a potential Taiwan contingency. We have a major air base there, Anderson Air Force Base, um, as well as significant capabilities on Guam that will be deployed if the U.S. were to get involved in any Chinese invasion, in responding to any Chinese invasion of Taiwan. So this made the front pages all over the place. The question for us today is, what do we do about yet another Chinese hack against American systems designed to target critical infrastructures? Should we, A, punch back now? Should we be, sit by, wait, let it happen? Or as we've done for a long time, play the middle ground, tell the Chinese we don't like it, but not really do anything effective about it. Jessica Jones, what do you think? Great. I get to, get to solve this one. I mean, I think it's really interesting. We've obviously, we know that China has incredible cyber capabilities and our annual threat assessment earlier this year named the, the most likely capable cyber actor in the world. So I think it's funny that you say it's, it made the headlines because it actually didn't really make the headlines. Like if you were looking at the New York Times or the Washington Post, it, it, you had to scroll down to find it, which I find surprising <laughs> to your point because it's Guam, which as everyone knows is part of America and is so close in the Pacific. So I do wonder, it doesn't seem like this seems a big enough story to get the American public roused like the, the balloon did to for us to punch back or for us to do anything big. So I, I know, Jamila, you're going to hate me to say because I'm the usual, I'm the, the namby-pamby, I believe, is what I'm called on the show, which is just uh, continue the course we've been doing. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Jamil, first of all, when I heard Volt Typhoon, I thought that was the new Chevy electric vehicle. And so I was I was kind of eager to read about it. Also, we've known for a long time that Guam was vulnerable to being tipped over. Uh, we didn't know China was going to attempt it. Uh, but I'm glad. Uh, I'm wait, actually wait, glad this. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, you got it. You got it. Yes. You got to give people context for this because not everyone knows about not, the Oh, that, I think it, hands, folks, folks uh, to our listenership, if you don't know about the risk of Guam tipping over and you don't know where that comes from, then you haven't been paying attention. Shame on you. Go look it up. There's a Google machine probably somewhere near you where you can help that will help you figure this out. But it's it's been out there in the public policy sphere for a long time. But in all seriousness, summarize it. Well, there's a concern. There is a concern that because the U.S. is so reliant upon Guam for national security purposes and because we have stationed so many troops and uh, military materiel there, that it is vulnerable to tipping over because of the sheer mass of <laughs> national security people and devices that are on the island. <laughs> like the island might flip over. Yeah, the island I, might I flip didn't over. know that, that there was a hearing. There is a member of Congress who asked about the island tipping over. I was now, the only the, one that on the member, show that in fairness, in fairness, that member says he was joking, uh, but it didn't <laughs> look like he was joking. He did not. 
no, they, they, no. All right. Now, right. but Jamil, well, this is a serious question about the cyber attack. And yeah. I do think, uh, in contravention of Jones, a rare disagreement with Jones, that we do need to kind of ratchet up our response a little bit here, both rhetorically right. and in the cyber realm. And I think we should, uh, you know, start pushing back against China when it does this kind of stuff. And I think our folks are reluctant to go on offense or to respond to this kind of thing because it would show, show our hand and people would learn what our capabilities are. And I think our capabilities, frankly, are probably enormous and our adversaries suspect that. And if we actually show them that, it might inspire them to ramp up their abilities as well. But I think it, the time has come for us to just go ahead and be a little more proactive in this area and start making China pay in the cyber realm for the stuff it's trying to do to us. What does that mean, wow. though? Maybe, Jamila, you answer. What does pushback like yeah. actually tactically mean? Here. Well, look, you know, the the NSA and Cyber Command have actually been engaged in this uh, defend forward uh, effort uh, where they're persistently engaging the adversary in the cyber domain. They're going into adversary systems and sort of trying to mess with their capabilities before they're deployed against us. So we know that Congress and the administration, the prior administration, the Trump administration, had freed up NSA and Cyber Command to do some of these things. It appears, at least colloquially, what we've heard around sort of the coffee, you know, whatever, coffee machine, um, <laughs> is that, you know. Coffee with a water cooler. I was going to say water cooler, but nobody uses water coolers anymore. So, yeah, whatever. Anyways, um, the, the Biden administration has walked some of that back and put more constraints on NSA and Cyber Command. But what it means, Jess, I think, is, is, is you know, sort of like making clear to the, to the Chinese that we have capabilities to do the same thing they're doing to us and going up against their systems and where they appear to be uh, willing to use malware. And again, here they have not done that, uh, that we do the same and we make it clear to them that we will. We're not afraid to. The real problem is, in my view, Jessica, and I think actually less shockingly agrees with me, which never happens, is that we've failed to deter adversary activity in the cyber domain because we're too afraid to use any of our capabilities or to expose them or to say it was us and to punch back in a way that the adversary and everybody else knows we did it. And so I think it's important uh, if we're going to deter in the cyber domain, and maybe this isn't the place to do it, but there have been a number of times where we haven't done it. The Russia hack against uh, against colonial pipeline, the colonial pipeline, that might have been a place. There's a place where we need to eventually start pushing back. That's what I'm saying we need to do. Maybe this is it. Maybe it's not. But we got to start doing it at some point. That's the important thing to my mind. Uh, so it's funny because like China's response is that we're the hacker empire, right? Like that's what they call us. So <laughs> which is funny. So let's do it. Let's yeah, own it. So are they just is that is that line from them totally off, right? Or we have a warped perception. Here's here's what I say. It would just be a real shame if surveillance systems in Xinjiang province suddenly stopped working or started blowing up. That would just be terrible. It would be terrible if all of the locks on the doors at the penitentiaries and the and the camps in what, Xinjiang what province just suddenly this? opened and people talking? were allowed to walk around. Like, and if all of the traffic systems that uh, folks are using just suddenly stopped working, boy, that would just be a shame. I wonder how that happened. You guys, uh, if you didn't know, this, Les is a secret hacker, as you can tell from these technical terms and ideas he's throwing out there. <laughs> well, look, I think that's a wrap, folks. Uh, thanks to Brooke Khan and Claude Jennings uh, for helping out with today's episode. We'll be taking this Monday off for Memorial Day to honor those who've served and given their lives to defend our nation. So please honor those heroes in your own way on Monday, and then join us again next Wednesday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America. Fault Lines is also now up on YouTube, so check out our podcast on our NSI's YouTube page. And if you like what you hear or see on YouTube, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.